I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hi everyone, Kristen Sinanta-Walker here and we are interviewing Aruna Rao who is one of the presenters at this year's In My Mind conference that's held in New York City. Uh, We attended that conference last year. It was phenomenal and we're excited to showcase um, some of the keynotes and presenters at the conference this year. We'll hope you'll um, go to the dbgm.org website to find out more about the conference. Aruna, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Now, you have a very long bio. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. I should have done some editing. (laughs) No, no, it's not that. It's phenomenal. Uh, But it it would, I I would do the whole show literally just reading it off. So I'm just going to go for the short piece and then you can chime in um, with anything that you think you'd like to add to it. So I have it that you're a community mental health advocate, a grassroots organizer, speaker, and writer. You are currently an associate director at the National Alliance on Mental Illness of New Jersey, so that's NAMI NJ, and you're also the founder of SAMHAJ, the first program in the United States to provide support and education for South Asian Americans affected by mental illness. And you also develop programs for immigrants affected by mental illness. So um, tell our listeners, congratulations first, and thank you. And tell our listeners, first off, what are you going to be presenting about at the In My Mind conference? Right. um, I am actually going to be talking about um, my perspective as a mental health advocate who works within immigrant communities, uh, specifically the Asian American communities. Um, and in terms of my experience of how um, Asian Americans in particular um, are dealing with mental health issues um, as much as any other community would. But unfortunately, um, due to a range of uh, issues, are really not accessing mental health services. So they end up actually having a lot more, um, basically they end up like not being able to get well as quickly as they could or to even like sort of, you know, be treated for things like trauma because of the inability to access services. 
So that's kind of one of the big issues that I really want to, to talk about. But one of the reasons actually I was invited to be on the, I think the main reason I was invited to be at this conference is not really my work as a mental health advocate, though that is definitely of importance. It's my role in uh, working with LGBTQ communities and with the South Asian community as a mother of a queer and trans child. Mm. Um, and that really is, is how I was referred to this conference. I work with the API Rainbow Parents Group, the Asian Pacific Islander Rainbow Parents Group within PFLAG of New York City. I'm on the steering committee there. And um, our focus really is being able to provide community support to queer and trans people of Asian Pacific Islander origin, and also to reach out to other parents. Um, Family acceptance of LGBTQ issues and of queer and trans people within our communities um, is a definite issue. You know, families rarely understand what it means to be queer and trans and and to um, to accept the children just the way they are. And consequently, there's obviously a lot of mental health risks associated for LGBTQ people who are facing rejection both at the family level and the community level. So that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to be present at this conference and bring my perspective both as a mom and as a mental health advocate. Right, um, absolutely. Yeah. Why do you think that it's, you know, there's more difficult access to care? I'm sure some of it is stigma, um, but what, what other reasons do you think that, that there are? Do you see that there are? Right. So there's definitely um, uh, issues related to not finding culturally competent care. Mm. So when, if somebody actually overcomes the hurdles of stigma and finding out where care is available, and they end up actually entering a, a provider's office or any kind of organizational office, uh, many times there's some very basic barriers. There could be um, problems with language access. You know, basically people with limited English um, proficiency are put in a situation where there's not really, the availability of interpretation is very limited. Mm-hmm. And even when it does exist, it's not necessarily the quality that will help with mental health care. It's one right. thing to go in to be treated for, you know, a kind of headache or some physical ailment, and another thing to go in for a mental health problem. Right. So that's one of the basic barriers. Even if English is not a barrier, there are also things related to the fact that um, many of the um, immigrant communities that I work with tend to um, tend to not express mental health issues in the same way that other people do. Uh, there's a tendency, for instance, to somatize, that is to express, you know, emotional uh, dr- distress as a physical symptom. So the underlying cause is a mental health issue, but it doesn't get expressed as a mental health issue because sometimes, you know, words like depression or anxiety are not necessarily part of our vocabulary. Right. So that's another kind of barrier um, in terms of accessing the care that you need. Interesting. How about, how was it for you and your family when you realized or your son came out as transgender? Right. So my child actually identifies as non-binary transgender. Okay. So, and they use the pronouns they, them. Um, and so when they came out initially, um, it was a pretty much a shock to the system. 
you know, I consider myself, you know, fairly liberal and fairly mm-hmm. well-informed and I work in mental health. But, um, and I think one of the things that happens to many of us is that being um, the queer and trans issues are someone else's problems. Right. You know, we always think of it as like, okay, so we're very sympathetic and, you know, we understand the need for such a movement, but it's removed from us. It doesn't have that immediacy. And um, so when my child came out, it was, it really kind of, I think, made me think a lot about identity right. and, um, you know, my own identity in terms of, you know, being an immigrant, being an Indian American, um, the way that I was raised and my understanding of, you know, sexuality and gender. So all of those things um, really had to be re-examined in a very sort of deep way for me to get to the place where I am, you know, now comfortable understanding, accepting, and even celebrating um, sexual orientation and gender diversity. So it was a journey. It was not a, it was not an overnight process. <laughs> of course, of course. What resources are, are, did you, is that one of the reasons why you decided to become a resource is because you didn't find that many? Exactly. So um, I did reach out to PFLAG, which is a wonderful resource. Um, you know, any parent who's struggling with acceptance um, of their child um, should certainly reach out to PFLAG. The problem with, with PFLAG is not that they're not open and accessible to all people. It's just that people of color don't necessarily feel, um, don't seek out these spaces. Right. So I did find my initial ex- experience with PFLAG that I was the lone um, brown person in that group. <laughs> and so that was a little a little intimidating because, you know, you want to feel some sense of, you know, community. comfort yeah, and yeah. community. And while they were wonderful and gave me a lot of resources, I still felt the need uh, for a community that looked like me, thought like me, and the way I didn't have to explain the, you know, the fundamentals of where I'm coming from. Right. So, um, and I I did find a home within the API Rainbow Parents Group in in PFLAG of New York City. It's a wonderful group and very unique. Uh, There's only one in New York and another one in LA. There's no other PFLAGs like that. And it's a very diverse group of people who come from, you know, all over the Asian and Pacific Islander communities. And um, I found a really, you know, wonderful resource there. However, I think, you know, when, when you start looking at identity and kind of looking at like, you know, the the very small pockets where there is a sense of, of really deep shared understanding. Um, I identify as South Asian, which is essentially, you know, people from the South Asian subcontinent. Um, including India, Pakistan, Bangladeshi. And um, I felt that there was a need for even maybe a, a group that actually talked to this community directly. So I've also mm-hmm. founded a group called Desi Rainbow Parents, which is a national group uh, where we bring together uh, parents from this community in support of our children. And so in that way, I have definitely created a community that I find um very meaningful and supportive of me. And I, we all give and receive a great deal of love. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. 
and also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. How does your child feel about you being um, so open and, you know, discussing these issues openly and so on? What's their reaction to this? So initially, I think my child uh, was was in high school when they came out. And so I was very conscious of the need for um, their privacy. Because while I'm an adult and capable of, you know, sort of doing what I want to do, I didn't want them to sort of have this attached to my my activist activism or advocacy attached to what they wanted to be. Right. So um, we talked um, as a family about what I could share and what I couldn't share. And so in that context, especially when they were younger, it was always about, you know, I can share my perspective and my story as a mother, but their personal story is not mine to share. Right. So um, I think we have gotten to a medium. My child just turned 21. And so um, I think we are now actually sort of at a point where we really are coming together in our in our need to, to create change. Actually, we just came back from a, a conference in San Francisco um, that was led by, um, that was hosted by NCAPIA, which is a National Queer Asian Pacific Alliance. Mm. Um, and it's a federation of LGBTQ groups from all over the, um, this country, Canada, and even internationally. Um, and uh, we presented together. My child and I did a workshop together. That now, I've, that's what I was going to get to. How, <laughs> I wondered if you two would end up doing things together. How was that experience? It was wonderful. It was really, oh. you know, for me, it was such a, I mean, I was literally beaming with pride because <laughs> for me, for me, this is such a, such a wonderful, um, you know, expression of my love for my child, my child's um, interest in, in sort of becoming part of this community in a, in a more open way. And uh, it was just beautiful. And I think we, um, we spoke to the audience and we also spoke to each other. And um, it is just, you know, such a, I, I think, and afterwards, as we talked about it afterwards to, you know, think about how it went, um, basically, my child communicated to me that um, while they wouldn't always want to be in this space, like, you know, this, this intersection of their queerness and their Asian identity, um, they felt that there was a definite sense of connecting the two. Mm-hmm. And I heard that from so many uh, people of color. Um, you know, because they feel sometimes that being queer or trans is one part of the identity and being a person of color is another part and they don't yes. usually meet. Right. So um, this bringing together of these two identities, I think, is really important. I see a potential mother and child book. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's some wonderful ones out there already, but perhaps, yes, we could bring our own experience out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so will you two be presenting together at the In My Mind conference? Unfortunately not. Um, my child is in um, college at this time, so um, they wouldn't be able to like make it out at that particular time. But you know, I, I'm. You know what? Now that you're you're saying it, maybe I should ask. 
it is it is the weekend so maybe maybe it could happen yeah i mean even just being there in the audience and um, not that i'm directing your <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be you know having been to this conference i don't think uh, antoine craigwell who puts this on the wonderful antoine craigwell um can correct me if i'm wrong but i don't believe uh that i've that there has been that kind of you know where you get the perspective and it's and it's in the family so even if they were just in the audience and throwing out questions or comments or whatever that would be really that would be unique you know yeah yeah no i certainly will ask and uh, you know now that you're you're kind of like you're moving me in that direction i'm actually interested <laughs> in doing that <laughs> oh man that would yeah, yeah that would be phenomenal so what do you how were you approached about this particular conference and had you already been to it heard about it no actually this would be my first time attending so okay. i actually was introduced to antoine through um uh, tara yoon who's at the uh, apip flag in new york city um so she i, th- I think they approached b flag and that's how um because i have recently joined the steering committee there and so that's how i was referred to antoine Gotcha. And I I want to make sure everyone knows so you can find it. You can type in to Google in my mind mental health and it'll pull up the Eventbrite page for the in my mind my identity matters people of color mental health conference. It's um, going to be in New York City Thursday, August 4th through Friday, August 5th at the Metropolitan College of New York. I went last year, covered it with our show and I don't we won't be able to actually physically be there this year but we were doing shows to pre-promote it and it was such an incredible serious diverse conference it was it was just it was an amazing experience so I'm I'm happy for you that you're going to get to experience it and also be a presenter yeah I'm really looking forward to it I mean everything I've heard about it so far sounds wonderful and this is such rare opportunities you know you don't really come across this kind of platform or this kind of diversity at an event and exactly um, it sounds wonderful that's why i wanted to cover it i was like you know there's a bazillion mental health conferences out there i've covered many of them no some of them were great some of them are really just a marketing venue and that's about it <laughs> right and those are the ones where i'm like oh my gosh I mm-hmm. just flew out here for a marketing conference disguised okay. as an addiction conference or a mental health conference. So when you go to one like in my mind and you see this is serious stuff, people care, they're so dedicated and devoted and people walk around going, ah, I want to be in five different sessions, but they're all happening at the same time to, 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 have, to be torn Mm-hmm. Because all of them are great. That's a great problem to have as a, as right, a ticket right. to a conference. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Tell our listeners where they can find out uh, more about you. Sure. Uh, you can actually, there's um, two resources I can point out to. One is API Rainbow Parents of PFLAG New York City. You can find them on the PFLAG New York City uh, website. Uh, pflagnyc.org and uh, you can also look up Daisy Rainbow Parents which is currently I don't have a website but we do have a thriving Facebook page 
And also you can email me at desirainbowparents at gmail.com. And that's D-E-S-I, Rainbow uh-huh. Parents. Yeah, exactly. Well, Aruna, thank you so much for coming on. Don't hang up. We're going to chat for a second after, but um, thank you again so much for coming on. Oh, and thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed this. Absolutely. And thank you, of course, to our listeners for another edition of Mental Health News Radio. I'm passive, aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight. Good boy.